Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Watchmen on the Wall is here to bring clarity to the chaos and help you, through Christ, make sense of the world around us. Sound biblical teaching is one of the ways we help bring that clarity. We recently held our fall virtual prophecy conference. People from all over the country logged on and watched sessions from nine of the nation's top prophecy teachers. The entire conference is now available on DVD. Sessions from Billy Crone, Larry Stamm, Bill Federer, Dr. Rob Lindstead, Michael Hoggard, Eric Barger, James Collins, Michael Samuel Smith, and Larry Spargimino. All these speakers, all the teaching sessions, all on DVD. Get the complete Fall Virtual Prophecy Conference on DVD today for a gift of $50 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Order online anytime at swrc.com. This month's special thank you gift is our exclusive and custom SWRC Christmas tree ornament. Every ornament is a true piece of heritage and craftsmanship, which you'll enjoy for years to come. Get your Watchman on the Wall Christmas ornament for a gift of $100 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order your special Christmas ornament by going online to swrc.com. In Luke chapter 17, we read about 10 lepers who were healed by Jesus, but only one returned to thank the Lord. Sadly, most Americans have the attitude of the nine who were unthankful. On today's Watchman on the Wall, James Collins examines this attitude in a teaching called Thanks for Nothing. Have you noticed that most people today are not thankful? I am reminded of the story of the man who was betrayed by a close friend. He said to his friend, How could you do this to me? I picked you up out of the gutter. I gave you your first job. I gave you money. I bailed you out of jail. How could you do this to me? His friend said, yeah, all that's true, but what have you done for me lately? You know, we often treat the Lord Jesus Christ the same. Lord, I know it's true that you died in my place. You took all my sins. You have given me family, friends, and a great life. You've given me material blessings, you've given me good health, but what have you done for me lately? It is so easy for ingratitude to creep into our lives. Listen to this and see if it sounds familiar. Bart, would you like to say grace? Dear God, we pay for all this stuff ourselves, so thanks for nothing. (gasps) That's from an episode of the TV cartoon show, The Simpsons, where the young brat, Bart, was asked to say the blessing before dinner. Did you hear how he prayed? He said, Dear God, we paid for all this stuff ourselves, so thanks for nothing. Sadly, that's the attitude that a lot of people have today. Thanks for nothing. 
In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, we read about Jesus healing ten men, but only one man came back to say thanks. Here is what Jesus had to say when that one man came back to thank him. The Lord said, There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. The word stranger means foreigner. This man was not a Jew. He was a Samaritan. He was the last person that you would have expected to come back and thank Jesus. But he was the only one who did. This man had been blessed by God, and he thanked God for his blessings. This week, our nation will celebrate Thanksgiving. When we think of Thanksgiving, most of us think of having family over, eating too much turkey and dressing, watching football games, and falling asleep on the couch while watching those football games. Someone said that Thanksgiving is the only occasion each year where gluttony becomes a patriotic duty. (laughs) I don't know about that. But you know, I do believe that our nation has forgotten the reason for Thanksgiving. Did you know that the first Thanksgiving was a Christian event? The pilgrims who celebrated the first Thanksgiving were Christians. They were believers in Jesus Christ. They were called Puritans because they tried to purify the church of all worldly influences. When they sat down for that first Thanksgiving meal, their thoughts were of God. Half of the pilgrims died the first winter. But with the help of the Indians, they had plenty of food to keep them through the second winter. So they had a feast to give thanks to God. I'm sure they would be surprised at what has become of their feast of giving thanks to God 400 years later. (laughs) The pilgrims said thanks to God. The world today says thanks for nothing. I want to show you from the Word of God three things from this text that I believe will help us to be more thankful this Thanksgiving. First of all, I want you to notice ten unclean men we see ten unclean men in Luke 17, 12. There the Bible says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. So here were Jesus and his apostles. They were walking on the road to Jerusalem. And as they walked along, they met ten lepers. Let me tell you something about this occasion. Look back up at verse 11. There the Bible says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Jesus and his apostles had taken the old border road that ran between Samaria and Galilee. Jesus entered a village and encountered ten men with leprosy. Nine of the men are Jews. One is a Samaritan. Now the Jews and Samaritans absolutely hated each other, but they were united in their common misery together. Have you ever heard the old saying, misery loves company? You know, I have insomnia. I have bouts where I just can't sleep. It's miserable to just lay awake all night and not be able to sleep. Now, my wife, Amanda, on the other hand, she can sleep through a tornado. In fact, one time she did sleep through a tornado. One night a tornado went through our town and sirens went off and And at that time, our house we were living in was right across the street from the fire department. The sirens were going off right across the street. Sirens, alarms, fire trucks, and ambulances making all kinds of noise. I got up, got dressed, and began to listen to the radio. An F4 tornado blew through our town. The next morning when my wife woke up, she walked in and said, You're up early. Did you make coffee? She had slept through a tornado. 
And it bothers me when I can't sleep and she can, because misery loves company. These lepers were united by their misery. They were united by their sickness. Lepers would gather in groups for friendship. Leprosy was a terrible, awful disease. Leprosy numbs the feelings in the nerves. They lose their feeling, and then they burn themselves, or they cut themselves, and they don't even realize it. Leprosy also made sores on the body. The sores would become infected, and they would stink. The stench of the rotting flesh would attract rodents. Sometimes rats would come and chew off a finger or a toe, and the leper wouldn't even notice the difference. Lepers were the outcasts of society because leprosy was contagious. So they were quarantined. They could only associate with other lepers. They had no contact with friends or family. They had no jobs. They had no connection to the synagogue or to the temple. And to top it off, the Jewish people believed that leprosy was caused by sin. They believed lepers had some vile sin that caused their leprosy. So they lived outside of normal society and they were slowly dying inch by inch. So that's the occasion. And also notice the outcry. We see the outcry in Luke 17, 13. There the Bible says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. These lepers could not come near Jesus. Lepers had to keep their distance. When a leper would see a person coming, he was required to yell out, Unclean! Unclean! unclean. People in that time would throw rocks at the lepers just to keep them away. They could not come near Jesus, but they called out to him. And leprosy also affects the voice box. Their voices would have been raspy. Their voices would have been feeble. Imagine 10 raspy voices crying out, Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. But notice the outcome. We see the outcome in Luke 17, 14. There the Bible says, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus didn't go near them, not because he was afraid of them. We read in other places where the Lord touched and healed lepers all the time. Here he is just operating in a different way. He says, go to the priests. The priests were the health inspectors of the day. They didn't have the power to heal anyone. They only had the power to say that people were healed. And a leper being healed was something that didn't happen very often. In 1,500 years from the time of Moses to the time of Jesus, there were only a couple of people who were healed of leprosy. Now, since Jesus came on the scene, there was a steady stream of lepers going to the priests. This was a testimony to the priests that the Messiah had come. And as these lepers went along, all ten men were healed. Jesus healed all of them from a distance. There were no mirrors, but they saw it in each other instantly, from faces that looked like cadavers, dead men, ears, Noses, eyebrows, and hairlines began to appear. Feet that were missing toes began to grow new ones. 
Hands that were just stubs began to grow fingers. Sores began to heal and disappear. Dead, rotting skin became alive. Can you imagine? Now here's the sad part. Of these ten men who Jesus healed, nine of them are ungrateful. We see that in Luke 17, 17, which says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. All ten were healed, but only one came back. Nine of them kept going. Nine of the ten don't even bother to come back to thank Jesus. They got what they wanted, and they had no more interest in the Lord. It's interesting that the nine who didn't return were all Jews. This miracle serves as a picture of the attitude that the Jews had toward Jesus. They wanted his healing. They wanted his miracles. They wanted him to deliver them from demons. They wanted him to set them free from the Romans. But they didn't want to give him their worship and their gratitude. They were ungrateful. Several years ago, when I was still in the Army, I had to do what we call a death notification. I had to put on my dress uniform and I had to go knock on strangers' doors and I had to tell them that their loved one had been killed. This particular time, a young man was killed in Afghanistan and it was my job to go tell his parents. I did my best to minister to this young man's mom and dad. A week later, I co-officiated his funeral with their pastor. After the funeral, his parents went to their pastor and told him they wanted to give some money as a gift in memory of their son who died in a battle. The pastor said, well, that's a wonderful gesture on your part. He asked if it was okay to tell everybody at their church. They said that would be fine. And so the next Sunday, the pastor told the church of the gift given in memory of this couple's dead son. There was another couple in church that Sunday. On the way home from church, the husband looked at his wife and said, why don't we give a gift because of our son? And his wife said, but our son didn't die in the war. Our son is still alive. And her husband said, that's exactly my point. That's even more reason why we ought to be thankful to God. When that pastor shared that story with me, I thought it was one of the most beautiful expressions of gratitude that I'd ever heard. And you and I, we have many good reasons to give thanks to God. If we were to count all our blessings, we might surprise ourselves. I saw a sign once on the wall of a homeless shelter. It said, what if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you thanked God for today? Think about that. What if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you thanked God for today? Well, there was one man who thanked Jesus. We read in Luke 17, 17, And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Jesus says, Where are the nine? The lesson for us is that God values gratitude. One man came back. He realized that he can go back to his family. He realized that he could go back to his friends. He realized that he could go back to his life. He understood what had happened to him. He understood that he had been in the presence of God. And he wanted more than just the physical healing. He wanted spiritual healing from Jesus. He wanted a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
back during the time of the Civil War, before the American slaves were freed, a northern man went to the south. He went to a slave auction and he purchased a young slave girl. He took her back north and when they got off the train, he said, you are free. The young girl was amazed. She said, you mean I'm free to do whatever I want? He said, yes, you can do whatever you want. She said, I can go wherever I want? He said, yes, you can go wherever you want. She said, I can be whatever I want to be? He said, yes, you're free to be anything you would like to be. She looked at him and said, then I will go with you. That is what this unusual man was experiencing. He had found freedom from his sickness in Jesus Christ, but he wanted everything that Jesus could give him, and he got saved. Look at verse 19. The Bible says, And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. All ten were healed, but this man was saved. He put his faith in the person of Jesus Christ. The nine had faith in Jesus as a healer, but they didn't have saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's funny, but most modern faith healers say that you must have faith to be healed. I'm reminded of that old story about the Mississippi Baptist preacher in the flood. Several years ago down in Jackson, Mississippi, there was a big flood and it rained heavily for several days. The Pearl River overflowed its banks, and there was a Baptist preacher sitting on his porch as the water was flowing down the street. Some people came along in a rescue boat, and one man said, Preacher, you need to get in this boat. You need to get in this boat, preacher. Get in here and go with us. The river's rising in a hurry, and you need to get out of here. The preacher said, Son, thanks, but no. I don't need your help. If I have enough faith, God will take care of me. If I have enough faith, God will take care of me. So the rowboat went on its way. About an hour or so later, the preacher was up on the roof of his house. Another man came by in a boat and said, Please, preacher, please, please, preacher, for goodness sakes, preacher, get in this boat and go with us. The river is rising in a hurry. And if you don't get in this boat, you're not going to get another chance, preacher. Come on, get in the boat and go with us. The preacher said, son, you don't understand. If I have enough faith, God will take care of me. If I have enough faith. So the second boat went on its way. About an hour later, the preacher was up on top of his chimney. The water was rising fast. Suddenly, from out of the sky, a helicopter appeared. A man in the helicopter lowered a rope down to the preacher and said, preacher, Grab a hold of the rope and go with us in this helicopter. The river is rising, and you haven't got much longer. Grab hold of that rope and come on. The preacher yelled up at the men in the helicopter and said, Boys, you just don't understand. If I have enough faith, God will take care of me. If I have enough faith, God will take care of me. If I have enough faith. Well, the helicopter went on, and about an hour later, the preacher drowned. He was absent from the body and present with the Lord in heaven. And the Lord looked at the preacher and said, What are you doing here? It's not your time. What happened? 
And the preacher looked at the Lord and said, well, I don't know what happened. Everyone came by, and I told them, if I have enough faith, God will take care of me. If I have enough faith, God will take care of me. And the Lord said, well, I sent you two rowboats and a helicopter. What more do you want? Now, that's a funny story, but modern faith healers say the same thing. They say that you must have faith. You must have faith to be healed. These nine lepers didn't even have faith in Jesus. They were unbelievers. Jesus healed many unbelievers, and a lot of believers did not get healed. What about Lazarus? Lazarus was a believer, and Lazarus died. He was dead. He didn't have faith in anything when he was dead. Timothy had stomach problems. The apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. They had faith. Sometimes God doesn't heal those with faith, but his grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. And Jesus was gracious to these nine men who didn't even have faith in him. Nine of the men received one miracle, but one man received two miracles. He was healed physically, and he was also healed spiritually. He was healed of physical leprosy, and he was healed of spiritual leprosy. He got gloriously and miraculously saved. And one of the marks of true faith is giving thanks to God. The Bible tells us in everything we are to give thanks. We should be thankful for all that God has done in our lives. On Thanksgiving in 1960, a luxury steamboat was cruising on Lake Michigan. As the boat was headed back to Chicago, a violent storm came up. Suddenly, something terrible happened. A ship fully loaded with logs from the north was running without lights and smashed into the luxury steamboat and cut the boat in half. The steamboat began to sink quickly with 393 people on board. That night, of the 393, 279 people drowned. The accident happened not too far from the shore, and a crowd of people formed. The people watched as the passengers tried to get to the shore on little bits of wreckage that was left over from the boat. Now, there was a student from nearby Northwestern University. The student's name was Edward Spencer. Edward saw what was going on, and he rushed to the water, took off his jacket, and jumped into the freezing water and began to swim out to the struggling people. Edward brought back one, and then he went out again. He brought back another passenger and went back out again. He brought back another passenger and went back out again, and another, and another, and another. All the while, the people on the shore were yelling at Edward, Don't go back. Don't go back and risk your life. Don't do it. Edward made 16 trips into the cold water that night, saving 17 people. But it cost him dearly. Because in some way that doctors could not explain, being in that cold water and in his exhaustion, Edward collapsed. He had major nerve damage to his legs. For the rest of this young man's life, 
he was in a wheelchair. Edward was crippled from the experience. Many years later, when Edward was 80 years old, someone asked him, what is the most vivid memory you have of that night? What's the most vivid thing that you can recall of jumping into that cold, freezing water and saving those people? And this is how Edward responded. His response was simple. He said, I remember thanking God for letting me live and letting those 17 people live. But I also remember that none of them, not one of them, ever came back to thank me for saving them. Not one. How would you and I have behaved if we had been saved from that icy water by Edward that night? Would you have come back to thank him? How would you and I have behaved if we had been given what the ten lepers received that day? Would we have been like the one who came back to thank Jesus? Or would we have been so happy about what we had received that we, like the nine, would rush to the priests so we could hurry back to our homes and our families and our normal lives? Would we give thanks to God or would we give thanks for nothing? In addition to all the blessings that God has given us, we have something else to be thankful for. Like the Samaritans, we were once separated from God's people by our sin. And like the lepers, our sin once made us unclean. But one day, as Jesus was on the way to die on the cross, he stopped at a village on the border between God's people and those outside, and he healed some lepers. And one day, Jesus stood on the border which separated us from his glory. And when we asked for mercy, he showed it. Just like he healed those ten lepers, Jesus healed us of our uncleanness, of our sin, and gave us eternal life. Are you thankful for that? Too often we fail to give credit where credit is due. You didn't save yourself. Jesus went to the cross to die for you and for me. Jesus saved us. Are you thankful for that? Do you give thanks to God? Do you give thanks to God for your salvation? Or are you like Bart Simpson? Do you give thanks for nothing? Order today's program by James Collins on CD by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Today in our Resource Center, we're offering James Collins' book and DVD entitled The Shepherd. In The Shepherd, James Collins explores the rich meaning behind the world's best-known and most-loved poem, Psalm 23. James teaches the psalm verse by verse, explaining its extraordinary power to change lives and ease our troubles. Get The Shepherd book and DVD together for a gift of $25 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow we have a special Thanksgiving edition of Watchmen on the Wall. Historian and author Bill Federer will be giving us the inside story of the first Thanksgiving. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.